Our scripture reading today is from Isaiah chapter 65. We're only going to do verses 1 through 5. Hear now the word of God. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call on my name, I said, Here am I, here am I. All day long I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imaginations, a people who continually provoke me to my very face offering sacrifices in gardens and burning incense on altars of brick, who sit among the graves and spend their nights keeping secret vigil, who eat the flesh of pigs and whose pots hold broth of impure meat, who say, Lord, keep away, don't come near me, for I am too sacred for you. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I believe it is a symbol universally recognized among children that when a parent has elevated your arm above your head, things have gotten real. Our family was at General Assembly two weeks ago and there was this long hallway between the hotel Uh, the embassy suites and the conference hall we were using in the Von Braun Center. They were at opposite ends. And it was legitimately a quarter, maybe half a mile. You started at one end and you just kept going. It was affectionately nicknamed the Walk of Love. Because if you weren't a friend with whoever you were walking with by the end, you were buddies. (laughs) You kept going over the bridge, down the stairs, around the corner, around the other corner, through the woods, past Grandma's house, And there it was. So I was walking with my daughter through this long walk, and she's a wild child, and I told her, man, we are getting our exercise today. At which point she stopped and said, coach, from school, says we always need to stretch before exercising. So she stopped in the middle of the hallway and began doing this stretch in the middle of the hall. And because we're a connectional denomination where we all know each other, this ended with several denominational staff members stopping and joining us, doing this stretch all together in the hall. And as we wrapped up our stretches, we saw a Colombian family walking our way. Mama was walking briskly, one child playing something on her phone. And the other child was right next to Mom, like they were holding hands. Except as we walked towards each other over this 200-yard straightaway, we realized they weren't holding hands. Mama was holding this child's elbow, arm up above her head. The child was sort of running on tiptoes to keep up. And my daughter looked at me and said, I believe she is in trouble. But I barely heard her, because I was having a flashback to my seven-year-old self, being marched through a mall with my arm above my head. No words were necessary that day, I knew. I had thought I knew where the line was. I had thought, these are my parents. They love me. We are in public. I can do this to my sister and they will do nothing. (laughs) And with my arm over my head, I realized I had misjudged the line. (laughs) Things had gotten real. Arm above my head, shuffling as quickly as I could on my toes and my Velcro sneakers. My daughter tugged my arm 
and brought me back to the present. And I looked down at her and then at this little girl in pink shoes shuffling by. And I said, yes, I think you're right. Someone is in trouble. It's universal. Arm above the head, things have gotten real. Arm above the head means just wait till we get to the house. It means I'm going to remind you who's in charge. You thought you were safe because we're in public. Uh Uh-uh. You misjudged the line. You done crossed it. Now this is real. This is arm above the head level trouble. This is you wish you could go backwards through time and undo what you did trouble. This is you might as well start crying now trouble. (laughs) It's the kind of trouble that makes me think of this comedian talking about a time he had crossed the line with his dad. His dad was driving, turned around briefly, and then completely and totally relaxed said, I've got four of you. Four children, two sisters, your brother. Don't forget, I can afford to lose one or two. I can remember a few of those moments from my childhood. Can you? Micah remembers one. She misplaced her brother. She was supposed to be watching him, and all of a sudden he was just gone. To her credit, that is a thing that Caleb does. Something shiny, and he's gone. But this time he was really gone. They had no idea, looking everywhere, freaking out. And after they found him, after the all-hands-on-deck, find Caleb and get him to safety, Micah thought, thank you, Jesus. Maybe in their relief, they'll forget. Nope. Suddenly, arm was over the head, and she discovered that they had remembered. I remember one. The family was out to a lunch. And I saw my parents put the bills on the table for the tip. And being eight, I didn't really understand money. I didn't understand that this was the tip to pay the waitress. I just knew that I loved Ninja Turtles and I wanted to be a ninja. And this seemed like an opportunity to display my stealthiness. So trying to be a ninja, I swiped the tip. The family got in the car and I actually bragged to them. Look how sneaky I am. I swiped this money right off the table, right in front of your very eyes. Aren't you guys amazed at how sneaky? (laughs) Arm over the head, feet shuffling as we walked back in to return the money and apologize. Anyone have a memory? Arm over the head? I see some nodding. It happens to us as kids. Our parents are wiser than us. They understand the world better than we do. Beyond that, they're the boss. We misjudge where the line of appropriate is. We misjudge the line between parent and friend and suddenly the arm is over the head and things are very real. But as adults, it's different, isn't it? If your boss came up to you, grabbed you by the arm, arm over your head and walked you off to a lecture in private, the way that ends is with HR and a lawsuit. I'm not a child. I'm an adult. I understand the world. Don't treat me like a child. If a friend or a spouse tries that, starts lecturing you like a child, this conflict just went from a minor skirmish over who did the dishes to trench warfare. Don't treat me like, don't talk to me like a child. I've heard this line from some of our families with a teacher. Don't use your teacher voice on me. I am not one of your students. I understand the world. I'm an adult. Don't treat me like a child. As children, we're used to being lectured. 
We're used to other people being in charge. We're used to our lives having a structure we didn't choose. We're used to getting in trouble and being disciplined. We're used to being forced to do the right thing even when we don't want to. It's normal. From parents, from teachers, from babysitters, from coaches, from anyone over four and a half feet tall, it's normal. But as adults, as adults we lose that, don't we? Don't lecture me. Don't lecture me. I'm an adult. I understand the world. Don't tell me what to do. That's right. (laughs) This morning we read from Isaiah 65. And if you flip back one chapter, Isaiah 64 is a whole section about how God has done awesome things that we did not expect. How God makes the mountains tremble. How He rescues us, saves us, sustains us. Miracles on top of blessings. And if you flip forward to the end of chapter 65, it's about this greater thing that God will do. God says, see, I will create a new heaven and a new earth, the former things, the disease and the suffering and the pain and the Alzheimer's and the dementia and the brokenness and the loneliness and the tears. You won't even remember it. Never again, never again will there be a baby that lives just a few days. Never again. Never again will there be an old man that doesn't live out the fullness of his years. No more will people build a house or build a family or build a career just to watch it fall apart. No more. And we know that promise. We want that promise. The promise of eternal life with God through Jesus Christ. Isaiah 64 is about the amazing things God has done. Isaiah 65, about the amazing thing God is going to do through Christ. But right in between, right in the middle, is this passage. This arm over the head, things just got real passage. And often as a church, we read God's judgments as being about people out there, a still untouched enclave of sinners somewhere who have not accepted Christ into their hearts. People who don't believe in God or what God has done. Judgments for them, but not for us. But this one isn't. This one is for God's people. It's for God's children. It's for us. God says all day long, I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imagination, a people who continually provoke me to my very face. To my very face. It's in vogue these days to emphasize our personal relationship with God. We're friends with God. We know God personally. We downplay religion, downplay the rules and the institutions for this personal thing, me and God, coffee with God, coloring with God, right? And it's true. But that means when we provoke God, it's personal. It's to his face. When we provoke God, when we ignore God, when we disobey God, it's as his children. And God takes it personally and rebukes us as his children. And here's the problem. And it's a big problem. The problem is we're adults. 
And when someone rebukes me, my instinct is, don't lecture me. I'm an adult. I understand the world. Don't tell me what to do. I'm not a child. I'm an adult. It's hard to let God rebuke us. It's hard to make ourselves children again, to let God rebuke us, to let God take us arm over the head, to let God chew us out and remind us that He deserves better, that God deserves more, that we are better than this. It's hard to let God lecture us like children. Tell me if I'm wrong. It's much easier to walk away. It's what Israel did in this passage. God holds out his hands to his children because they're adults. God doesn't compel them. God will not force you. God doesn't force them. He holds out his hands and invites them, come back to me. And they walk in their own ways and they walk away. They're adults. So God has no choice but to let them go. And he says, all day long I have held out my hands to an obstinate people because they are my children. But they walk away. Have you walked away? Like me, have you walked away when you hear the voice, when you feel the guilt, when you have the sneaking suspicion that God is expecting something more? Have you also walked away? Thank you, Hugh. Thank you. One time Hugh did. More than once I have as well. It's easier to ignore the guilt, to push away what God deserves, but pause for a moment and look from the other side. Why should parents discipline their children? It would be a rhetorical question, but disconcertingly, it seems increasingly relevant. A lot of parents seem to think they should not discipline their children. But why should children end up arm over the head, walking as quick as their Velcro sneakers can shuffle trouble? Why do parents discipline their children? Why do parents discipline their children? Because it's not a parent's job to make sure their child has an easy life. It's not their job to make sure their kid is always happy or never feels sad or never fails or never feels guilty. A parent's job is to raise their child to be an adult. It's to help them grow up well. And as a Christian, it's our job to help our children live into God's vision for their life, to bring them up to know and to love God. At times, it's a parent's job to say, I'm your parent, not your servant. And you don't get to speak to me that way. Sometimes it's a parent's job to say, you are better than this. You can't behave that way because it will affect your future. You are better than this. And sometimes it's a parent's job to get their kid and let them know that this is real. And this is serious. This is arm over the head. You wish you could go back in time and undo what you just did. Serious. Not because I hate you. Not because I'm wrathful or vengeful or fragile. Because I love you. I think maybe there is nothing 
more sad than watching a parent who cares so little about their child's future that they let the kid do whatever they want. And yet how often do we want God to do exactly that? I've read this passage this week. God tells his people, and I'm translating into modern language. He says, you've chosen your dreams over my dreams. You've chosen your pleasure over purity with me. You've chosen your ways over mine. And that has hurt me. And I felt my arm go over my head. I heard God say, I am your God. I am your Savior, your Creator. And I deserve better than this. You are my Son, my Beloved. And you are better than this arm over the head. I felt it go up. But here's the thing. I felt it go up. I felt God leading me somewhere, and here I am. It led me here to worship where God is waiting with open hands, saying, come back. Come home. Repent, and I will receive you. Confess, and I will forgive you. Listen, and I will bless you. Repent. Come home. Let me be your parent again. You be the child. Let me be the parent again. Trust me. And I will lead you to blessings. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Because I'm an adult. I understand the world. I pay my own mortgage. I drive my own car. I make my own schedule. I'm an adult. But this morning God is inviting us to let go. To let go of the control and the responsibility and the pride. To let it all go and to be His child again. If we accept our role as God's children, there will be times of rebuke where God draws an arm over the head. But in the rebuke is a promise that God will be with us. That God will lead us. That God will hold out His hand and bring us home. Do you want to come home? Let us pray. Lord, this morning we confess how often our pride leads us to pretend we don't hear you. We confess how often our stubbornness leads us to ignore your words and your commands. Lord, we ask that you would pour out your Spirit upon us and give us the humility to be your children again. Lord, take us by the hand and lead us where you would have us go. For we are your children and you love us. We pray this in the name of Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen.